Hey guys, well, welcome back to week four in our stand series. Well, my question is, are you armored up? As you know, each week we've been putting on a different piece of the armor of God. We are in Ephesians and we are walking through what Apostle Paul teaches when he says to be armed and ready to do battle and to do warfare. You guys, I'm so excited about today's study. I think it might be one of my favorite pieces of armor. But actually the truth is, whichever one I'm reading is my favorite piece. I hope that you've taken time to go deep. Now let me just say this right now. It is incumbent upon you. It is your responsibility to read the Word of God, to meditate on the Word of God. Yes, these watch parties and, and I know the men's studies and, and many of you are watching online. It's great to come together and have teaching, but do you know the greatest teacher is the Holy Spirit Himself? And I can speak to your mind, but Holy Spirit will speak to your heart. So make sure you take what I'm saying and you allow Holy Spirit to take you deeper and to teach you great truths. So if you're ready, let's get started today. And we're going to talk about the shield of faith. Are you ready for the shield of faith? Well, you know, the Bible tells us that our faith can move mountains. So let me just start right now by asking you what mountain is in the way of your miracle? What mountain is in the way of your miracle, of your breakthrough? Where do you need God to work? Do you know that literally by exercising faith, you can move mountains? And that's really what the Apostle Paul was teaching here in the book of Ephesians chapter six. Every time you lift up the shield of faith, you are extinguishing the fiery darts of the enemy. This part of our warfare and this part of our weapons is literally picking up the shield of faith and you're going to fight against the weapons of the enemy. Let's look at it in Ephesians 6, 10 through 16. Now we all know it. We've been reading it several weeks together. The apostle Paul starts out in verse 10 and he talks about the armor of God. He tells us, finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord. We talked about that. He says, in, the strong, uh, in his might, put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to what? Stand against the wiles of the enemy. I'll probably say it week after week after week. I want you to memorize it. I want you to repeat it. I want you to know it. The reason that this is in the word of God, it's God's breath. It's God's instruction to you. God wants you to know you can stand. And if there is ever a day that we need to stand, it's today. Let me just say, I literally just flew in a few hours ago, late last night from New York City. And if we need to stand, I tell you what, I walked around a lot of demonic spirits, similar to LA. Let me tell you what, that's exactly what the scripture is telling us here in Ephesians 6 when he says, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against rulers of darkness of this age and the spiritual host of wickedness in heavenly places. We know we're in a battle. Now listen, if you're not battling, you are either living in a closet, all right, or you're not disrupting anything that God wants to do. You're just living status quo. Because if you're going to stand against what the enemy wants in this day and this culture, you will have warfare. You will have battles. But the good news is God promises us that we can overcome those. And he tells us how. So I want you to know right now, I've already said to you, since COVID came three years ago, we have been in a three-year war. We have been in a three-year battle. But most of us have not been aware 
that Satan has been behind the scenes strategizing this demise to take over our minds and to take over our country and to take over our homes. That's exactly what, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, the Apostle Paul is writing in chains in Rome to the church at Ephesus. So he says, take up this full armor. And then he said, stand therefore having what? Girded your waist with truth. We talked about that week one. Make sure you have on that belt of, belt of truth that you know the truth, that the truth has set you free. You're standing in truth. And that you put on the breastplate of righteousness. Remember we talked about it's his righteousness. We walk in his righteousness. That you shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. If you miss that, go back and make sure that you've got on those gospel shoes and that you're evangelizing and you're sharing your testimony. It was really cool because yesterday when I was in New York, I was in Times Square and I got to share my faith with a woman standing there and I realized that was a moment with the gospel shoes. I just got to share my story with her. Every day you have to have on those gospel shoes. But then, you guys, are you ready? Are you ready? Then he says in verse 16, and above all, above all. Isn't it amazing that he says now, you've got these three pieces on, but above all taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to. Did you see what he said? You will be able to. That's faith. You will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. What is faith? Well, let me tell you what. Faith is not optimism and faith is not determination. Faith is spiritual. This isn't something that you're just trying to muster up enough. Maybe I'll get through this. Maybe it'll work. Faith is spiritual, and you must understand you will never be able to exercise faith without God. We don't produce faith in our own. It's our response when we put our trust in God. Faith is a gift from God to you. I want you to say that back with me. Faith is a gift from God to you. He is giving you a gift of faith. The Bible tells us in Ephesians 2, 8, it's in your notes, listen, for by grace you have been saved through faith. So we know our salvation comes through faith. You cannot be saved without faith because your faith is in the Lord Jesus Christ. You're believing him. So by grace, you've been saved through faith, that not of yourself. There's nothing you can do in yourself to have faith. Listen, it is the gift of God. So just right now, have a praise party. Just right now, thank him for the gift that he's given you of faith. You can do it. You will do it. You are doing it. You are seeing mountains move. Are you with me? I'm sorry, I'm fired up because mountains are moving by faith. Amen. First Corinthians 16, 13 says, be on your guard. Now you guys, the Bible is filled with all kinds of coaching tools and tips and resources, inspiration and power and divine words to tell us how to succeed, to be more than conquerors. And he says, put on your guard, stand firm, be courageous, be strong. He's telling us stand firm in faith. Throughout the whole Bible is this faith message. So when you're standing there and these mountains seem bigger than you, you speak to the mountain and you stand firm in faith. Again, in Romans 12, 3, we read, God has dealt to every person a measure of faith. Isn't that good news? Every person, everyone there, look around. All you men in your men's group right now, point to somebody, holler out to them. All you women in watch parties, all you people watching online right now, just say, God has dealt to me a measure of faith. Now, what you do with that faith is up to you. 
Did you know faith can grow? Do you know faith starts with a seed? It's just a tiny little mustard seed of faith, but you can grow your faith. Faith produces faith and you're going to water that faith and fertilize that faith and exercise that faith. Many, many years ago, and sometimes uh, I, I told the story often, so maybe you've heard it, but my husband and I were, had just been married a short time, and, and before we knew, we were in seminary, and we were starting our family, and, and I had just uh, given birth to our first son, and I was quite surprised where, when right after I gave birth to him, the, the doctor immediately looked at the nurse, and they whisked him out. I was not able to hold him. I was not able to see him because his lungs had collapsed. And they took him to um, emergency and they began to work with him. And, and they came to the room and they told me that they didn't know if he would make it through the night. But if he did, that I would be able to see him the next day. And I can only tell you as a young woman, that was quite traumatic for me. I remember laying in that hospital bed all by myself, wondering if my son would make it through the night. But as God always does, he gives us these seeds of faith before we need them. You see, prior to my son being born, I was reading through a faith workbook by a great evangelist named Manley Beasley. And Manley had this de uh, definition of faith that I absolutely loved. I was confused by it, to be honest with you, but I tried to repeat it and recite it. And he said, faith is believing something is so when it's not so in order for it to be so. That was his definition of faith. And to be honest with you, I confused which way was so back and forth. I couldn't figure it out. He said, faith is believing something is so when it is not so in order to make it so. Well, I was laying in that hospital bed and I was crying out to God as a young wife and a new mom. And I said, God, I need a miracle. It was my first miracle. And I remember Holy Spirit bringing that saying back to me, Tammy, you got to believe it so when it's not so in order for it to be so. And Holy Spirit started saying to me, do you believe it's so? And I started speaking life over my son, health over my son, miracle over my son. The next six weeks while he was in intensive care, we prayed over him and his lungs and his life. And I can tell you today, I did get my miracle. My faith was exercised, my faith grew. And today my son is a very, very healthy, successful businessman. I believe God wanted to teach me faith. I was a new pastor's wife. Phil had just taken his first um, church in South Louisiana. And I grew up in the church, but I never really exercised faith. And I'm telling you what, every pastor's wife needs to know how to exercise her faith, and you do too. That was a gift from God. And let me tell you right now, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what your mountain is. Mine was my newborn son. But God will give you mountains so you can learn to exercise your faith. Can I get an amen? Can I just hear from you say, God, I believe this mountain is for me to exercise my faith. We all know that we have to exercise our muscles. Now, you also know if you know anything about me that I'm a fitness instructor and a Pilates instructor and I do prayer walks and, and I believe that God's given us this body and that we're to be responsible for our body. But I tell you what, when I go into the gym, I'm in there for one reason and it's to work out. And I don't always go there because I want to go there. I'm telling you what, I fight it every morning. But when I get in there, there's something about connecting to those weights and to that workout that I know I want something. The outcome I want 
is to be stronger. The outcome I want is to be fit and healthier. Do you realize exercising your faith is the same way? You gotta get up and do it. You gotta get into the spiritual gym and you have to pick up those spiritual weights and you have to discipline yourself with faith. The enemy does not want you to have faith. He wants you to be lazy and lethargic. He wants you to sit on the couch and blame God for everything you're going through. I don't know what I'm saying right now. I'm just believing that there's a divine word coming out of me right now for somebody. And you can look at somebody else and be jealous and they go, man, they're so fit. Yeah, they get up and they exercise and they work out. Same way spiritually, you look at somebody and you go, God blesses them and they seem to get all their miracles. I'll bet you they are people that are prayer warriors. I bet you they're people that are on their face before God. I bet they're people that exercise their faith. Why is it important? Because you must pick up that shield of faith to extinguish the fiery darts of the evil one. Why did Paul use a shield as an example for our faith? Well, you see, shields are used to intercept attacks from both close range warfare and long distance strategy. Now listen, this is so good. I wrote this last night on the plane when I was coming home. Sometimes the enemy hits us close at home and that shield's gonna go up. Sometimes he hits me at home in my marriage. He hits me at home in my finances. He hits me at home in my own body, physically, with health. He just hits me and my shield has to go up so he's coming close. It might be just kind of that sword is coming after me and he's trying to get me so my shield goes up. But there are also times when he is patient and he plans for the long game. So all of a sudden those shields, and if you ever saw like Roman um, armies come together, they would lock their shields together and shields would go up and they would fight that enemy as shields would go up. There would be a protection as shields would go up. As I was putting this together yesterday and praying over it, I couldn't help but think about my daddy. Now my daddy's in heaven and so I'm sure he's laughing right now at me, but my daddy loved Star Wars or Star Trek. It was Star Trek back in the day. And I would come home sometimes from school and my daddy would be sitting there watching Star Trek and he'd always sit there, I can see you daddy, you'd be laughing. And he loved that one line that said, shields up. Captain Kirk would just, attacks were coming. Men, are you with me? Ladies, you're with me? And the, the captain would say, shields up. And then all of a sudden the shields would come around and then they were protected, right? Their aircraft was protected. You know, I have to, this is just too fun. I have to just show you what I mean. This is just a little clip from when Captain Kirk says, shields up. Watch with me here. What is this? Shields up, ready <gasps> right? Don't you feel like you're there sometimes? And there's that just word that comes up. Let me tell you what, you are your own Captain Kirk. And until you say shields up, until you tell the enemy has no control over you or force over you or victory over you or power over you, I believe under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, when the apostle Paul in that Roman prison was saying that he knew what it meant spiritually to put his shield up. Faith is a shield that extinguishes the fiery darts of Satan. Listen, fight, uh, faith fights back. Let's say it together. Faith fights back. It is the warfare to do your battle. It is how you win. You win with your faith. Did you notice that your faith is the shield? That is the very tool. It's your faith. So don't think there's this physical shield you're going to be running around with, guys. Your shield is your faith. That is how you win the battle. But you have to engage in the battle to win. 
So how do I grow my faith? Let me ask you, how do you grow your faith? Well, faith is what grows our relationship with God. Now, I'm going to say this to you. I think this was really good as I was be began to write um, this message. And I've told you before, I love watching YouTube videos and pastors and reading commentaries. But then I get in the Word of God when I write a message and I say, God, how do you want me to learn this? What are you teaching me? How do I explain to those listening what's applicable? And this is what God said to me, and I, it just helped me. Maybe it'll help you as well. Every area of your spiritual life contains faith. Listen, every area of your spiritual life contains faith. Your salvation took faith. It took faith for you to believe in a divine God who spoke salvation into your life. And when you accepted him as your Lord and your Savior, you did that by faith. Your prayer life takes faith. You don't just whimsically throw out some, I hope so, I wonder if this will happen. Gee, I, I sure would like this to happen. If you don't pray by faith, you will not move mountains. Your personal growth happens by faith in your marriage, in your materialism, in your finances, in your dreams, and all that you do with, with everything about your life. It has to be based on faith. I have to believe with faith that I'm going to make it through. And your eternal destiny is your faith. So everything about your spiritual growth has to do with faith. Faith is what God uses to teach us dependence and personal maturity in him. You will never grow beyond what you are today without exercising faith. I'm telling you what I know. It. I have been a believer for many, many years, and it is only when I exercise my faith. That means the things I can't do on my own. And hey, guys, God's given me a lot of gifts. I'm going to be honest. Sometimes I think, God, you've given me so many gifts and so many talents. I want to be really faithful, but it's not my gifts. It's not my strength. It's not my talent. I cannot do this on my own. It's only faith in God that opens the windows of heaven and moves mountains. Hebrews eleven six 6 says, and without faith, listen, it is impossible to please God. Would you write that in your notes if you don't already have it? If you do, underscore. Listen, without faith, it is impossible to please God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he is the rewarder of those who seek him. Faith cannot be seen in the natural realm. Now, listen, I'm going to teach you this. Faith cannot be seen in the natural realm. You will never see or experience faith in the natural realm. It is only exercised in the supernatural realm. So for me, when I exercise faith in the supernatural realm, I decreed that Jeremy would live, his lungs would be healed. I believe that in the supernatural realm, it was manifested in the physical realm. So everything you physically seen and are seen is a manifestation of doing work in the supernatural realm. Do you understand that? So you must exercise. We're talking the difference between supernatural and natural. Everything we're talking about here in Ephesians 6 is a supernatural mindset, not a natural mindset. These are not six pieces of war of, of armor that you're literally, I'm going to put on these sh shoes. I'm going to pick up this shield or sword. Those are supernatural defenses that God gives you to walk in a realm of victory. Does that make sense to you? Make sure you are walking by faith and not by sight. 
The evidence can and will be seen, but first you must go through the process of the exercise. And that's what we're talking about tonight. I wanna stir you up. I wanna stir you up. You're gonna have a great time of discussion tonight in your small groups, because so many things we try to do in the natural realm, that's why we don't see breakthrough. That's why we don't see the divine. We all know it takes discipline and desire, as I said, to get physically fit, the same thing is the, it's the same in the, in the supernatural realm. Now listen, our fight, our, our flesh will fight back against faith because it's spiritual. Let me say that again. Your flesh will fight back because this is spiritual. Everything in you will want to take matters into your own hand. I'm talking to somebody right now. I'm talking to somebody who's capable, who's smart, who's got gifts and talents and oh, they love Jesus and they're good people but they try to do everything on their own. They try to operate in this realm of their giftedness and their ability. And I'm telling you, you will never go to the next level of the supernatural until you deny yourself and take up your cross and follow him. And that's what faith is. We are dependent on God for all of the results. And that goes against our human pride and self-sufficiency. So I'm telling you, right, listen to me. And I'm, I'm hoping you're understanding what I'm saying. This is a battle. This is a battle. Exercising faith is a battle because we don't want to release to God. We want to move in our flesh. We want to move forward in our ability. And I'm telling you, every time you take a knee to the Lord Jesus Christ, he will exalt you. And that's what shields up is. That is taking up that shield of faith and extinguishing the fiery darts of the enemy. Well, in Hebrews 11, and, and we have a lot. I mean, I'm telling you what, this could be two or three lessons in one, so I'm gonna go quick with you here. I began reading through Hebrews 11, and it's one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. Many of us call it the Hall of Faith. You know, you've heard of the Hall of Fame. This is the Hall of Faith. But as I was reading through it on the plane last night, what I realized was this is a museum of the saints. This is a museum of the saints. And I started walking through each character in Hebrews 11, and I'm gonna tell you right now, I cannot give you all the depth of Hebrews 11. You've gotta open it yourself, you gotta get alone this week, get in a chair by yourself, go to a coffee shop by yourself, and open up Hebrews 11, and God is gonna show you through those in Hebrews 11, this hall of faith, this museum of the saints, and he's gonna show you how people just like you and me, natural people, real people, broken people, frail people, weak people, God used, to put in this chapter to demonstrate faith. The interesting thing about this book, some people believe Paul wrote it, others believe Apollos wrote it. So we don't really know who the author of Hebrews is, but what we do know that it was written to the Jews in Jerusalem, Hebrews. So it was written to a Jewish church, to a Jewish people. And one thing about Hebrews, if you've ever read it, it's a deep book. You're going to go deep. You're going to be challenged. And, there, you know, the books of the Bible um, are all challenging at times. Um, some are a little lighter. Some, like Timothy, are for novices. And you can see the, the tenderness of Timothy. Or you see, you see Peter's passion coming. So you see the personalities in different books of the Bible. But Hebrews is focused. It's strong. And it's theologically deep. So this is a book you've got to take time in. Um, what I want you to understand here, um, I wrote this, when you're low on faith, read Hebrews 11. When you're low on faith, read Hebrews 11. You know, the definition, and there is no greater definition, no man, um, no theologian, 
No author could come up with a better definition than faith than the book of Hebrews, the first verse uh, of chapter 11. Look what it says. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That's the best way to describe faith. You memorize that. If anybody said, what is faith? You're going to say, faith is a substance. I can stand on this. I see it. I, with my physical eye, see a supernatural realm. Faith is a substance of things hoped for. And in that word, in the original language, the word hope means confident assurance. It means I really know it. I believe it. Not I'm whimsical. Not I mamby-pamby think maybe, maybe if I think hard enough, pray hard enough. No, this is hope confident assurance. I have stability on standing and confident assurance of the things I'm asking for. Not things seen, things believed. And that's exactly what the definition is. Substance, something to stand on. Hoped for, confident assurance, evidence of things not yet seen. And then it goes on, I love verse two. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. Hey friend, do you want a good testimony? Would you have been listed in the Hall of Faith, in the Museum of the Saints, if you had been living during this time? Guys, there's such great stories, and and I want to read them to you. I'm going to go quickly through this, but I do want to to give us enough time for our discussion questions at the end. Verse 3, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things that were visible. Right then, next to your Bible, put Genesis 1:26. As you read through every one of these stories, right here in this museum of the saints, they are going to refer back to a scripture in the Bible. Right there, he's telling us by faith, God spoke the world into existence. God spoke everything into being. This is a history lesson in faith. And then he goes on, he says, by faith, Abel Abel offered God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained a witness that was righteous. Now, what I'm going to say to you, because I have a lot of notes, and they're flashing right now, my time, and I am way, though I don't have enough time for everything I want to do, I'm way over. So let me tell you what I want you to do right now. I have a lot of notes here, because I took time, I'm going to tell you what I did. I took every one of the people in this museum, and I went back and I read their story. And I said, God, why were they in the hall of faith? And I read about Cain and Abel and the sacrifice and the attitude of Cain and Abel. And and Cain had a very secular mindset and and Abel had a, a mindset of God. And so he was chosen above Cain. I read that story. No wonder they're in the hall of fame. And by faith, Enoch was taken away so he did not see death. And it was found in him because he had not been taken. If you read this, this is a story of the rapture of Jesus Christ. And this is a different Enoch that you read about uh, in the first and the second chapter of Genesis, this is actually Seth's son, who was the third son of Adam and Eve. And you realize there was a genealogy of this third son, Seth, and Enoch came out of his loins. And then we're going to find out Noah came out of his loins. I've never seen this before. And I'm reading this and I'm seeing um, a commonality, a similarity, a thread of faith, right? So we see Seth was a man of faith. Enoch was a man of faith. Noah was a man of faith. Do you see this faith line? Are you a man or a woman of faith? Are you teaching your children faith? So you read through these stories. You're going to read story after story and person after person. 
And it goes on and says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. We read in verse six, by faith, Noah being divinely warned in verse seven of the things not yet seen. Hey, did you realize that he was a prophet in his day? that God gave him a vision of what was to come. Let me tell you right now, I'm speaking to somebody. We're living in a day of dreams and visions and God wants to give you a prophetic vision. You are a Noah in your times and you may be out there building an ark and everybody thinks you're crazy, but stay strong and firm in what God has given you. It tells us right here in the scripture, God showed him what was to come and he by faith built the ark. God prepared him for this ark. And then by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out into a place which he would receive inheritance. He went out not knowing where he was going. He went out not knowing where he was going. That's faith. Do you realize story after story, verse after verse, person after person, it's a story of faith. It's a museum of these saints of faith. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob and with his heirs. Do you realize story after story, genealogy after genealogy, son after son? I'm speaking to somebody right now. I don't, I don't know the faith of my children or my grandchildren, but they can watch me and I can speak it into their life. On my prayer walks, I pray over all three of my children, all eight of my grandchildren and their children to come. If God tarries and there's still a world in the next few generations, I wanna believe that I prayed life into the generations to come. That's what we read about in Hebrews 11. By faith, Sarah, oh yeah, he's got women. There's women in this museum of faith. By faith, Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and she bore a child when she was past the age. She was old, but God said, I'm not done with you. Don't you ever feel God is done with you. By faith, Abraham, and it goes through his story. Oh, we don't have time to go through this museum, but walk through the walls and the, walk through the, the, the halls of this museum over and over and over and read these stories. And then we go into the faith of the patriarchs. He takes us through Isaac and Jacob and Esau. He tells us their story. And then Joseph and then Moses, all of these I was going to read to you. There's so much here. Moses, it tells us when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents. So often his parents don't, don't really get um, the full credit for the faith they had to hide this baby boy. So don't ever run through these halls of the faith of these saints. Take time and memorize and, and just bathe yourself in this passage in Hebrews 11. So we go through Moses and we go through, of course, there's so many more here. Um, the walls of Jericho. I have to do a shout out for Rahab. Obviously Rahab is here as you keep going. And then he says, and what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah and David and Samuel and the prophets who through faith, listen, subdued kingdoms. You need to subdue kingdoms, kingdoms that are trying to take you out and your family out. That's that demonic force that we talked about at the beginning together, this warfare that's coming against you. They took those demonic um, armies out and they worked righteousness and they obtained promises and they stopped the mouths of lions. They quenched the violent fires. They escaped the edge of the sword. 
Out of weakness they were made strong. They became vigilant in battle. They turned flight, the armies of the aliens. Listen, women received their dead to life again. I'm telling you what, are you exercising your faith? There's so much in Hebrews 11. Take time to memorize it, to walk through it, to research every person in it. I'm telling you what, you can be a person of faith. Ephesians 6, 16 says, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench the fiery darts of the enemy. Oh, I'm excited. But can I ask you, what are the fiery darts of the enemy in your life? Where is he shooting darts at you, arrows at you? Fear, doubt, anger, resentment, bitterness, sickness and illness, fatigue, giving up or giving in. Those are all his weapons to take you out. He's trying to silence you. He's trying to shut you up. Pastor Phil and I just had a talk this morning and someone shared with us who's taken a very strong stand both in our state and um, for the government and our rights. And, and, and honestly, we heard how he's tired and he needs to kind of go away for a while and get some rest. And, and it reminded me when, um, you know, when, when the prophet came up against Jezebel and he was exhausted and when Elijah just said, I can't take anymore. And he went and he hid in the cave and the angels had to come and say, eat and rest. You will get up and fight again. And, and I'm going to be honest, there are times I'm fatigued. I'm just being honest. You guys know this. All of us, we feel fatigue. But I'm telling you what, that's what the enemy wants. He wants us to feel fatigued. But if you put the shield of faith up, you can extinguish all of those fiery darts. You can say, Satan, you're a liar. You will not take me out, my mind out, my family out, my agenda out, my hope out, my destiny out. You must stand strong how to exercise your faith. I'm gonna give you three things I believe you need to do. Number one, you need to read the Word of God. We've become so lazy. Now listen, use every tool you have. I use the Bible app. A lot of times I just listen to it being read to me. At night, I turn on that app. I just listen to scripture. There's great YouTube videos, listen to my podcast. So that's all good, but I'm telling you what, you gotta discipline yourself to get in the Word of God. Nothing will be a substitute for you reading the Word of God on your own. Get a highlighter, get a marker, get a pen, get the Word of God and read the Word of God. The Bible says in Romans 10, verse 17, so then faith comes by hearing, listen, and hearing by the Word of God. Know the Word of God, read the Word of God, and let Holy Spirit speak to you by the hearing of the Word of God. And then activate your prayer life. You've got to ask God. Some of you aren't asking. You're sitting around cripple. You're like the little cripple who was at the pool of Bethesda. And he just sat there feeling sorry for himself. He said, I have no one to put me into the waters when they're stirred. Ask someone to put you in the waters. Ask someone for that healing hope. You've got to ask God to move in your life. The Bible tells us, as we all know, in Matthew 7, 7, say it with me, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be open. Activate your faith by asking. And then number three, don't give room for doubt. Do not give room for doubt. 
the enemy will come in. You're going to be stirred tonight. You're going to be leaving here all fired up with the men and all fired up with your watch party. And Holy Spirit's going to be speaking to you right now as you're home alone. And you're going to go, God, this is so good. But I guarantee you in 10 to 15 minutes, an hour or so tomorrow morning, oh, that sly enemy is going to come and he's going to go, it was emotion. We're not real. He's always let you down. He's never been there. You're going to live on emotion. I'm telling you what, that's a lie from the enemy. And you turn around, you speak to Satan, and you say, your days are numbered. Your days are numbered. But Almighty God lives in me, resides in me, fills me, equips me, controls me, leads me. Oh, the list goes on and on because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Activate your faith. Don't give up and don't give room for doubt. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is the assurance do you need some assurance right now? Do you need some hope right now? Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction or the evidence of things not seen. Oh, you guys, we made it. We did it. But this is an important time right now because this is your coaching questions. This is time for you to gather in your group. Or if you're alone watching, uh, we have these coaching questions and we'll put them online for you as well. And take time to go through these questions and ask one another, hold each other accountable. Be real with God, be raw with God, be honest with God, but then be filled with the God of the universe through his Holy Spirit that will lead you, guide you, and comfort you every step of the way. So what? Are you ready? Shields up. Are you ready to move in the fullness of the Holy Spirit? Put that shield up, move mountains, and walk by faith. All right, guys, I love you so much. We have two left in our series of Stand, Stand Strong, Be Bold. I uh, can't wait to see you guys. If you attend here at Influence Church, can't wait to see you Sunday. Be here. Don't ever make an excuse for not being with the body of Christ in his church, in his house on Sunday mornings. This is where it's happening. So don't miss it. You can join us online here at Influence Church. God is moving. The enemy's a liar. And God is doing great things. Love you guys. I'll see you next week. Have a great day.